You're listening to Let's Be Real with Tara Spinks. Hello, it is Let's Be Real, and I am doing this via video and podcast. This is going to be a two-part series, and I just wanted it to, it to be visual as well because I know a lot of people are visual people. So you can either view it on YouTube or you can look at the different platforms um, and, and listen to it via the podcast. So these two shows are going to be based on belief, right? What do we believe when we're asking for things, especially from God? So I want to dive into this because it's Let's Be Real. And being real with you, I've just really come to a realization about something and I've come to that realization while diving into the um, the scripture. So we're going to go over some scriptures and we're going to really break them down, right? Because I want to have you get an understanding the way I did. And if you have more to add or you have a different take, then I want you to share it. I want you to put comments on the YouTube. I want you to put comments on the podcast. But we we learn and we grow together. Right, so if there's a little tidbit that I've gained um, and I'm sharing with you, whatever tidbit you may have to either show me that I got it wrong or to add to, let's do this together, right? So it's going to be about belief. And you're like, oh, but I believe because that's kind of what I thought. Okay, I believe, right? I've been believing for, for, for years that I've been, you know, on this earth and mm, okay, let's change that at least since I was 13 and really had an understanding for me. Some people are younger or older, but for me, since I was 13 and, and started to get understanding, and then especially um, at 18, when I actually read the Bible, that Bible in a year, and was able to really see what things were in there and when things were cliches or just tradition in our churches. So I was able to really for myself say, okay, God, I believe or let's be real, there were some things I still had questions about. I still was kind of iffy about whether it was um, a story that kind of gets someone to understand something or whether it was a word to stand on. Now, don't get me wrong. The stories lead to something that we're supposed to embrace. But when he was using analogies and, and things like that and um, metaphors, it was because at that time, it was easier for those individuals to understand what he was saying. So you had to kind of look and see in that metaphor, in that analogy, what was um, the lesson that was to be learned, all right? Or what was the command or what was the way of life or just the teaching was done a little differently. So let's just jump right in because you know I don't like to do them too long because I lose your attention. And I really want to get it. That's why I'm breaking up into two because it can go too long in one. So we're going to get to the meat of some stuff. And then we're going to really roll it together and be on the same page um, in two weeks when we finalize everything. So let's go. You ready for this ride with me? The first one is Matthew 21 and 22, right? And I took notes because I want to make sure I cover what I'm saying. So you're going to see it. So Matthew 21 and 22, that scripture says, all, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive, right? So let's just take that because we, if you're in church or you've been around the way, I'm pretty sure you've heard this or a variation of it, right? So I want to make sure we understand because a lot of times we, um, 
we take these things and then we get upset or what have you because we're like, okay, I didn't get what I asked for. I was believing and nothing came to fruition. So all things, it's just that. It's all things. So that part is pretty plain and simple. But whatsoever ye ask in prayer, if you're praying, then you're either a believer. And again, it could be a believer in a whole bunch of deities. But I just want to get that belief thing because even if it's someone else other than Christ and God, well, my deities, then it's still the belief mechanism that you have to make sure you understand, right? So if you're praying, you know you're praying God's will because you can't be praying any foolishness and think God is going to acknowledge that. There is an adversary that is among us. And a lot of us get things that are that um, that's against God's will and we're thanking God for it. He can turn it into something that he can be glorified for, but don't get it twisted. He's not in the midst of your mess, but he can turn the mess around once you want to get it changed and once you want to turn it around. But we seem to give him a lot of credit that he doesn't necessarily want. So if we're praying, we're praying God's will. So now all things should be all things according to his will. Now it says, believing ye shall receive. If I'm believing, I'm not adding an asterisk. I am not adding a but, a way of escape, a second level. I'm believing that what I'm asking for, he shall do. Now, there is preparation. Preparation is not a but, because there sometimes there's in the meantime. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but the story of Joseph, there was a purpose in his life. There was a, a promise that was given unto him of what he would be ultimately. But he had to endure a lot of things to get to that promise. And sometimes we don't want to take a second journey or around the corner or anything that's going to happen because we just know I pray for X, Y, Z and I need to have X, Y, Z. But sometimes God is going to take us to A, B, C, D, whatever, <laughs> E, F, G before you get there. So you don't just go from A to Z. Those other letters in between sometimes takes us on some very treacherous, 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 domain before we get to that promise. So I just wanted to throw that caveat out there. So don't think I can't do something else because then I don't believe. No, believing is I'm standing firm. This is leading to that. And you just don't let go of that mindset, that belief. So now we know the all things is all things, but that whatsoever, they're going to be all things in his will. It's not going to be foolishness. It's not going to be anything that he's told us not to do or not to get involved in or not say. So then we go to Matthew 11 and 23. So Matthew 11 and 23 is a little bit of a long scripture, not too much, but and you, Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty work which had been done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. Okay, Tara, what? Yeah, I was the same way. So, and you, Capernaum. Put your name in there because he's talking about a, a place of blessed. Like he performed, this is he meaning Christ, performed a lot of miracles in Capernaum. So this was the place where he felt it would be received, right? He can show his mighty works. So in this place, so you put in this place and you, Tara, which are exalted to heaven. So Tara, I have exalted you to heaven. I've shown you many things shall be brought down to hell for if. The mighty work, the miracles that you've worked, which have been done in me, have been done in sinners. 
it shall have been remained until today. So he says, all that he's done for you, if he would have done it for sinners, it would still have been done. Why are you allowing it to flee? Right? Why are you not maintaining all that you've seen? Why are you still questioning him? So now how can we believe to get what we asked for if what we've seen, we don't maintain? Let me give you an example. God has been able to maintain my health, right? Different things have happened. I've had hip surgery. I've had, well, that's not a major surgery, but just little things that make me think, oh God, like what's going on? But he's always brought me through it. He's always restored my health. So when anything happens now, all right, God, I'm leaving this up to you. Touch, anoint myself. I believe that he will do that, that he's done. But if you touch my finances, even though I know he's worked over here, I don't 100% have the faith to know that he's going to do everything here because I don't want to be in lack or in need. So I'm moving the pieces, trying to get everything situated the best I can to make sure there is no lack. So I'm not totally believing in him. So he's saying, all that I've done, exalting you to heaven, not meaning that I've taken you to heaven, but I've, I've shown you heavenly things. I've shown you my blessings. And yet, you don't maintain it. But if I had done it in Sodom, and Sodom was Sodom and Gomorrah, it was a bunch of sinners, a bunch of people doing whatever they wanted to do that was not godly, it would, be, it would remain today. Because they hold on to those things. And even though they don't have the profession that they believe in this God or a God, somehow they will hold on to things that have blessed them, whatever they feel is blessed. And those who are truly being blessed by the deity that we say we believe in, the next thing that rolls around, we're back to square one, second guessing, asking everybody and their mama what it means, what we should do, blah, blah, blah. What is your belief? Matthew 17 and 20. Because you have so little faith, Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, right? So you can move mountains. Go back to belief again. Now, that first part, because you have so little faith, in essence, he's saying, you don't even have enough faith. That's the side of a mustard that is really that big. You don't have that much faith. But you're asking me for stuff in faith. You're saying you trust and you believe that I'm going to give you what you want, but you don't have faith. See? That's why we go in these circles. That's why it seems like I'm, I'm praying and, and nothing's happening. You don't have enough faith. But he said, if you just have just an inkling of it, I can do wonders with that. Think about it. We don't have to have the Elijah faith, the um, Abraham faith. It would be great. We'd see many more miracles. We'd see many more things happening in this world. We see our communities transformed. But he said, just for the small things that you're looking for, I just need you to have just a little bit. A little bit of solid faith. Not a little bit of weak faith. If you're going to have any, have a little bit of solid faith. Matthew 9 and 22. Jesus turned and saw her. Take courage, daughter, he said, for your faith has healed you. And the woman was cured. I was a woman that went to him that was sick for 12 years. Sick for 12 years and went to every doctor, every mental um, facility, every, you know, infomercial that had a cure. I mean, you know, a little whatever because they didn't have it back then. But she did everything she possibly could and then heard he was in town. And her faith and her belief of who he was and what he could do sent her out into the streets to find him because she knew. My faith says if I can just touch him, he don't even have to look my way, but if I can touch something on him, 
That's the belief that he wants us to have. So that when we ask, yeah, we'll get. And if we don't, he'll let us know why. So when you pray and you ask God for something, it has to come. It has to come from that true, that true belief that comes from really knowing him. You've really read and you believe what you believe. And okay, Matthew 7 and 7. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. I know you've heard this a lot. Um, and it's not what you think. And I was floored. Well, not floored, but I was surprised because, you know, we tell this to a lot of people, you know, you just ask. He wants to give it to you. First of all, you got to, if, if you are a believer in encouraging another person, make sure the person is a believer because that scripture was not for someone who does not believe in God. If they believe in themselves enough, things do happen. Yes. Because they will mentally will it to be done. And because God knows who tomorrow will receive him, he can be blessing someone today because he knows what they're going to do with that blessing tomorrow. So that's how sometimes we got to step out of it. Share his word. Share who he is. And then let God do the rest. But now when I'm saying this, ask because you're asking in Christ's name, right? With his spirit. So if I don't have it, how am I asking in his name or with his spirit? Seek. That seek meant you're looking for God. That seek meant I'm trying to find where are you because I want to be connected to you. I want to be closer to you. I want to grow with you. I want to build our relationship so that I can do those wonderful things. I can do greater than, right? God, I need you to be with me. I want to be your daughter. I want to be a part of the kingdom because then it leads you to the knocking because you're knocking on the door of the kingdom. I want to be a part of it. I want to grow it. I want to work in the ministry. And the ministry doesn't necessarily mean in church. I could be a ministry in school because I'm a teacher that has a knack for connecting with these young kids. I can be working in social services because I have a, a knack for people. <clears throat> My hospitality just draws them in and it wants to take care of, provide services for. So there's many, many things we can do that leads to different jobs. But that's what that ask, seek, and knock is about. But we want to ask for the house and say, if God, if I asked you for it, you would give it to me, knowing that. I'm not even going to want to work hard enough to take care of it or maintain it or keep it. So he knows all these things. So if we ask in the right spirit, we'll get a lot of things that are tangible and they are just residue of what that relationship will bring, right? Let's just take it back for a second. If I'm asking my parents for something because he's our father, if I'm asking my parents for something, depending on how I've been as a, as a child, they may give it to me, just like he will give me certain things. But there are certain things that they know about me that they're not going to give me because they know what it'll do. If I give her that car, she's going to drive around. Let's say I'm young. She's going to drive around here because she's not responsible enough and she's going to mess it up. Or she's going to have a bunch of young people in there and they're going to get in trouble. It's just like there's certain things that they know about you that if they give you something too soon, it will actually be a negative instead of a positive. It's the same way with God. There's some things that he's not going to allow us to have because he understands that what we'll do with it or what, you know, I don't want to go on. You understand. So now the last one for this episode, Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. Isn't that wonderful? Now to him who is able to do infinitely more 
that we can even ask for. Like things I'm not even going to think about. He can do all that according to his power that works in us. So with that, now to him, him is God. And he can do so much that things we can't even fathom. He can already do. He's already done. But it says more than we can ask for. So forget about that little stuff you can ask for. He wants and can do much more. Okay, Tyra, then why doesn't he? Because it says, according to God's power that is at work in us, is his power even in you? Because he's blessing and he's answering according to how you're feeding that power. Because he said he's given it to you. When Christ ascended, I leave you a comforter that was to guide us. And that power, my son, is left with you. I see you as a good person, as righteous, because I see you through him. I look through him and see you. So I'm looking at holiness to see you holy. I'm looking at righteousness to see you righteous. So if I'm not feeding the power by reading or praying, I'm not aligning myself with people who could help to encourage me and continue to, to develop that power, then it's dormant. It's not doing anything. You know, like you're in a car that lays around and never used. Then when you go to use it, it has to be put in a shop because you have to um, restore it. People who sick, you know, sick, sick people who lay in the bed, they have to keep turning them because you can actually get sick. Your bones can become immobile if you don't use them. That power, that power lays dormant and it does nothing for us if we don't use it, if we don't activate it, if we don't feed it. So he's saying, I'm doing all this according to the power that is in you, that works in you. So I'm going to stop there because we're going to go on and say, how do I work that power? And how can I strengthen the power to help me believe with a pure, sincere belief? Because then I can start seeing things happen. I can still, I can see mountains move and we can understand exactly what that means. So until next week, join me again and let's finish this and let's all work together and make sure that when we're asking, we're asking in his will. And because we're doing that, oh, he's going to bless us with so much more because he says infinitely more than we can ask for. Until next week, let me know what you think. To be a guest or to be a sponsor, email lbrnoexcuses at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Be Real.